0: It's Illum Group's Andrea Lay. Views Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Shree, And I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom. And I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. i be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CBG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th. And it's time for the fresh four, four curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. we brought to you through our partnership with RetailWit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news. RetailWit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Sri. In
1: case you're wondering what this background is I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media, as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization of their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding off this is set by Sara Marzano, principal analyst and e-marketer, who advertises the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that will hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea.
2: Hello,
3: Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa.
0: Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect an in-store retail media network powered by quad graphics. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners. Throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all of the SaveMart companies' approximately 200 stores. This is SaveMart's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats partnership for alcohol delivery eight states. Nearly a 1,000 right age stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience that complements their busy lives on Said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now, onto the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Shri and Peter. Hello, everybody,
4: and welcome to this episode of the CPG Guys podcast. I'm Shri, the 27-time Yankee-loving championship ring guy, and I'm focused on branding, retail sales, media, and marketplaces. And my co-host is PVSB AK, who actually thinks the Dodgers, his favorite team, have actually won 10 championships because they've been through multiple franchises. And by the way, it's single digits, it's not even 10. And his domains of expertise revolve around loyalty, CRM, retail, customer data insights, and digital shelf content. Join me in welcoming the man with the golden voice, who I sometimes lovingly called Mr. 007 himself, aka Peter Bond. How are you, sir?
0: Shree, if I didn't know any better, I'd think the fact that the Dodgers have a five eighty seven winning record compared to the Yankees five forty one record, you're you're sounding a little bitter right now. What's going on? How are you to doing, To me, what right?
4: it, to me what it sounds like is the eighth batter on the team claiming he's much, he's much better than the ninth batter on the team. Nice try, cool. Peter.
0: Well, you know, Shri, you're going to have a good chance to enjoy some uh, some games at Dodger stadiums.
4: So. Five forty-one and five eighty-seven. Not exactly <laughs> the benchmark <laughs> of success here. In either I direction. know we're
0: we're we're bickering over table scraps in the grand scheme of things, aren't
4: we? Unfortunately, it's that that actually makes it a sad baseball season, though. <laughs>
0: it's kind of that way. It's
4: this is not how with it, old friend. This is not how it started, though, Peter, for the Yankees or Dodgers. But good news. At the time of this recording, the all-star break wasn't here yet, and the time of the release of this recording will be closer to the all-star break, so we'll keep our fingers crossed. But thank you, Peter. But before we get to our guest today, I want to remind our audience that you can find all our content, including our series on profitability, our women's leadership series, and just our every week's ongoing show. And by the way, if you don't know, we have multiple episodes a week that release on Wednesday as well as on Saturday. But you can do that by simply going to cpgguys.com. And you all know already that our content is audience-driven. So do give us your feedback on what you want to hear. And you can do that easily by visiting ratethispodcast.com slash cpgguys. And you can actually leave us a rating and review on the Apple platform. Peter's the ratings and reviews guy at the industry. Peter, what's the number you like? That looks like a five to me. Thank you, Peter. We really appreciate the direction you all give us, the engagement you do with us on LinkedIn. When you comment, you send us direct messages, as well as for joining this growing family of, yes, over 6,000 organic followers. And you can do that by simply going to linkedin.com slash company slash CPG podcast and hit the follow button or go to the search box on top of LinkedIn, type CPG guys, and simply hit the blue button that looks like a plus sign. Now let's move on to the actual episode. I think our audience knows that data is one of the most important commodities available in the CPG industry these days. And data is no longer one dimensional. It's 1P, it's 2P, it's 3P data sets. And these are all conversations I'm hoping to get into with our guests today. But at the end of the day, what you do with data is what the game changer is. When you can drive scale analyzing data and make nimble decisions, You become a leader at whatever you choose to do in our great industry. And by the way, one of the secret weapons to be able to analyze data at scale and have outcomes, artificial intelligence. So we decided to launch a two-part series in the partnership with the team at Absolute Data, who aims to transform how the world makes decisions. Bold ambition, by building AI-based scalable solutions that clients compete at a higher level and see their results in both the top and bottom line. This is the first episode of the series discussing who they are and the value proposition they offer. And to unlock the key and decipher that message for us, a guest on this episode from Absolute Data is Rohit Nagpal, their chief customer officer, and Anil Call, their CEO. Gentlemen, welcome. How are you both today?
3: Very well. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much for having us. You know, One thing I want to be clear, I'm going to be on Sri side being a Yankee fan. Uh, about that numbers and numbers
4: Peter we will be there right so 27 is 27 thank you for the reminder Rohit before we get started Rohit could you do us a favor and for a multitasking audience who usually when they're listening to the podcast will jump to whoever we have as a guest and look at their website and find out more about them tell us about where we can find absolute data online and give us a brief overview of your business
3: Absolutely, Sri. So I think, you know, the easiest way to find Absolute Data is on our website. Uh, You know, if you just type in www.AbsoluteData, let me spell it out, A-B-S-O-L-U-T-D-A-T-A.com, you know, you will find a lot of information on who Absolute Data is, what we do. We are also very active on LinkedIn. So if you just go to the search type Absolute Data Analytics, you know, you will come to our company homepage, there you will see a lot of blogs, trends, the AI stuff that we follow, what's happening in the ecosystem. So you should absolutely follow that. We are Twitter people, hashtag absolute data. And last but not the least, right, you know, we are now part of a bigger company called Infogain. So if you go to infogain.com, click on insights, all the service propositions, details is what absolute data brings to the customers. So this is, you know, four or five areas where you can find absolute data easily, look us up and, you know, you will
4: get the details. Thank you so much for that, Rohit. I want to remind our audience though, all of that information Rohit spoke to, you can also find it on the liner notes of this podcast. So simply scroll into the liner notes and you should be able to find all the links, including how to get in touch with Rohit and Absolute Data should you follow up from this podcast. Thank you for that. Peter and I are of course, looking forward to talking to you about the experience you're affording your consumers and the entire suite of solutions that you have powered by artificial intelligence. So let's get into the world of AI and demystify what's going on. So let me start by asking Anil, your CEO, a question. I'd love to know, Anil, let's get to the human side of this. What is your role as CEO of Absolute Data? And what are some of the priorities you are actually personally addressing for the company? And how do you actually interact with the founders?
2: Uh, Thanks, Sri. So my role at Absolute Data is very much focused on, I would say, three things. You know, one is setting up the strategic direction of the company. Uh, and, uh, uh, and that's something that, you know, we took a big bet on uh, a few years back where we uh, looked at technology and, uh, and decided that technology is, has to be at the center of delivering the value from analytics that's I'm you know still continuing that direction and uh, uh, and you know helping the company deliver on that the second piece is of course uh, from a client side ensuring that you know we have uh, ourselves aligned to uh, service the needs that our clients have the specific areas the specific business challenges and problems that uh, that uh, that our client set is facing uh, and third is on the uh, talent side you know today we are in a market where Talent is very difficult to find. Well, analytics has been a space where finding talent has never been easy. Uh, you know, I started about in the analytics space about 25 years back, and I still remember even at that time it used to be tough. And now, of course, uh, while there are a lot more people in this space, there are a lot more people wanting to hire them. So that is the third piece on which uh, uh, I spend a lot of time with. I have two, I'm one of the co-founders, I have two other co-founders. Uh, We actually work uh, very closely together, uh, uh, just handling the different parts of the company.
0: Anil and Rohit, it is great to have you on the podcast today. I've been in the big data space for 10 years. This is very exciting for me. I know it's going to be for our audience as we dig in. So let me turn to Rohit and just simply ask this. Can you take us through the value proposition of absolute data, kind of end to end? Why is it that your clients are hiring?
3: Sure, Peter. So I think, thanks uh, Thanks for that question. I think let me get started. I think, you know, Absolute Data is now part of Infogain family. Before I get into the value proposition, let me lay it down, right? Infogain is a Bay Area headquartered company of 5,000 people. That's, you know, positioned to provide human centered digital platform services to its customers globally. Absolute Data is the data arm of that human centered digital platform services. That is the centerpiece of what CPG companies are doing today. What Absolute Data brings to the table is the whole nine yards of data, right? So right from market research, you know, we have an in-house market research team that does data management, works with third-party data, does the research, customer service and whatnot, to data engineering, which is all about building the technology solutions, to doing the analytics on top of it, whether it's the customer analytics, sales analytics, marketing analytics, taking it to the next level, which is the enterprise level of AI, ML, create, you know, solutions that you need today. So we have these four pillars, that is where the 400 of the majority of the absolute data fits in, and those are the service portfolio that we take to our customers. Over and above what we have done, Peter, is in the last three years, we've built our own proprietary AI platform called Navic. Navic is built for customers in the CPG domain on the customer and marketing divisions so that the business users can take the recommendations that come out of the data and take decisions to the next level that is what navic is powered to do it's a scalable business platform where the customer organization the marketing leaders can take the data put the analytics on top of it and do decisions we have built in many use cases right the sales ai the marketing ai the trade ai the research ai you know the revenue growth ai and these are solutions that can easily be now configured to the data sources of a customer of a cpg And you can really accelerate your AI journey to the next level, right? So in a nutshell, if I have to summarize, what's Absolute Data's proposition? Our proposition is we are an end-to-end provider that brings four or five things together. First is the context. You know, we are very, very focused on the CPG domain. We have a lot of subject matter experts who understand that. In fact, our practice and a solution leader comes from CPG background leading some of that. So that's a huge plus point for us. The second is obviously our core AI ML capabilities. And the frameworks that we have built, NAVIC is one such example of that. Now, being part of Infogain also brings us technology at scale, right? Whether it is the Google Cloud, whether it is Databricks, whether it's Snowflakes, we have that capability at scale, right? And the last but the least thing, which is the most important thing that we need, is the experience part of it, right? CPG now needs to personalize experience for the end customer. And that is where the experience offering that got through Infogain is providing all of that together. So we are an end-to-end shop that provides experience-led data services powered through AI and ML.
0: Sri, what I'm hearing is that Absolute Data is enabling the vision of unified commerce. Taking analog activities, digitizing them, making them more efficient, this is really powerful stuff.
4: When he said experience, he had me at hello. (laughs) So at (laughs) the end of the day, that's what, the consumer cares about, and and without that, everything else is gravy. Correct, Rohit, you mentioned a practice leader for CPG. Would you mind sharing for audience who that is, if they want to get in touch with the person?
3: Yes, yeah, so you know we have a gentleman by the name Sudeep Halder. He runs the you know Absolute Data Practice and Solution Group. He comes in with twenty plus years of experience in the CPG domains. Holds a PhD in data. Has worked with customers like Mondelez and a few others. So
4: we will be able to share details on
0: that. sure we'll put a link to his LinkedIn profile in the liner notes as well. So people can.
4: Reach awesome. Out. Awesome. So uh, I want to now, you know, we have a rule here on the CPG guys when we use acronyms like AI and things of that nature, we like for you all to actually decompose it for us, but in context. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let me ask Anil. Explain artificial intelligence in simple CPG and retail terminology. And let me just tell you why I'm asking you that, Anil. Most of us coming from a deep commercial background, either marketing or sales, to us, AI is a buzzword. And the industry largely hasn't done a good job of explaining experience, scaled experiences, connecting it to what AI is, much like big data was 10 years ago and fizzled out as a fad, even though big data is used every day in business practically for making a decision. It's just we commercial leaders do not know. So can you give us the simple CPG in retail English language? Why is AI important to us?
2: You know, I absolutely agree with you. AI has become a buzzword today that covers what I would consider AI and that covers anything anyone wants to put under it. Uh, however, if we actually go and look at what AI is, AI is, you know comes from computer science. It's basically the branch of computer science that looked at how humans behave and how humans do various things and build machines that can replicate that human capability. You know so uh, so if you think of it, it's about audio processing, computer vision, language processing, being able to make decisions in the same manner as humans do. So those are all capabilities that essentially underlie uh, AI. Now, from a, if you think from a CPG perspective, uh, one, uh, one easy way to understand that is that, you know, if you go back three or four years back, there are a lot of activities that we have been doing as humans. So AI is essentially relevant. Wherever you have activities that are either repetitive or are activities where a lot of information needs to be brought together to figure out what needs to get done or activities where, again, the decision-making itself is quite complex because you have to take lots of different types of context into consideration. In all of these situations, AI becomes a very powerful tool to Make decisions to automate certain processes to create data and also, of course, analyze that data to figure out what should be, what uh, should be, what are the uh, outcomes or what are the insights coming out of that. So that's so how I would define AI overall. Am I
4: wrong when I think of it as one of the best ways today using technology to actually do things at scale? Absolutely, yes. And uh, so. So let's connect the explanation that you just gave to need states in our industry. How does AI actually give us one or two examples of how it touches the consumer and how the consumer would benefit from AI?
2: Well, uh, you know, one of the I've been, by the way, in the marketing space also for a long time. So if you go back to marketing and tend to, and think of what really is marketing, marketing is not about selling something to the consumer. It is more about Understanding and and you know and meeting the needs of the consumer in a significantly better ways than otherwise. Right. So this is what all uh, marketing and that's what consumer companies have all been about. If you look at the history of what we've done, now AI is a very powerful tool because it helps you treat each customer as an individual and provide them what they're looking for in a manner that is best suited for them. And this is where AI becomes very powerful. And by the way, it does, if it's done well from a consumer perspective, it goes back to Sri, what you mentioned earlier the experience that the consumer's experience becomes so good that they don't see the technology, they don't see the data, they don't see what is happening. It's just that they are very happy with the overall experience they have had with the client, with the the company, with the product, with the solution, or the service that they're using. And this is where AI makes the biggest difference. And this is where I have seen Uh, the real value come from here. Thank you so much for that.
0: Rohit, back to you. Uh, In my last question, I asked you to give us a breakdown of the value proposition. I thought you did an excellent job explaining kind of the pillars of your business. Let's double click down a little bit more. I'd love for you to be able to share with our audience some examples of work that you've done with your clients, be they brands or retailers, and specifically how this has
3: Driven their success. Sure, absolutely. I think you know, as I mentioned, our focus is all about creating scalable business impact, and we've been lucky enough to have been worked with a lot of CPG customers, and you know, helping them achieve that. So I'll take I'll take a few examples and go through that. Right. So the first example that comes to my mind is you know we work with a food services division of a Fortune one Fortune one hundred beverage company based out of Atlanta. Right. Uh, they wanted to uh, take the data and make sure that the data drives the sales plan across their category, across their brand, across the SKUs, not only at the regional level, but even taking it down to the outlet level. right? So they approached us and you know, gave that as a problem statement. right? So what we did was we created for them a customized AI recommendation engine coupled with deep neural nets, collaborative filtering, and other data models, and created enough insights for them at a granular level, that the salespeople who were targeting these regions and those outlets could go to them with specific offerings and create a very specific recommendation at a product level, at an assortment level, at a location level. So you think about it for a salesperson, if he knows that this is what I need to do and this is what the data tells me will work, have that discussion with your customer, what level of impact you will create. You know, so we were able to create, you know, you know, 3% incremental increase in revenue, right? We were able to create 2% to 3% increase in incidence reporting and overall 4% consumption growth value across the categories. You know, such was this innovation that it was never done before. You know, this was one of the four use cases that got, you know, listed on the BCG report of innovation leading to AI, right? So we were one of the four use cases that got published and we were the team behind it. So this is how you know, for this particular customer, we have scaled it across food services division, and now we are taking it to various other divisions within the company to ensure that the sales you know, AI is taken to the next level, right? Another example I'll take is for another multinational company. Now you guys are pioneers in CPG, so you guys know how new product development goes through the cycle, right? You have to come up with an idea, then you run through customer surveys, and you create multiple iterations of the product and you create a launch of the product there are multiple testings of the product and then you kind of you know select on that and you launch right Correct. it's a very very time consuming process it's a very very expensive process 12 18 months arguably absolutely absolutely so i think what we did was we you know we kind of created the digital twin concept of a product you know where we looked at the historical data of the marketplace of the product of the consumer and put it all together and say what will work for you? What will, you know, what would be a successful product launch? What is the consumer looking for? What is the market looking for? And what do we need to do? What are the variations we need to do to make sure that we hit the product that will, you know, go down to the market very, very quickly and very, very easily and would be adopted, right? So we reduce that 12 to 18 months by two-thirds of the time for this particular customer. And we reduce the cost by over 50%. So such is the concept of a digital twin, which is all AI-led, creating it and taking it to the next level, right? Similarly, outside of that, you know, I mentioned about our Navic platform. We have created specific use cases around trade AI, marketing AI, and, you know, our customers have taken significant advantage of that to accelerate the whole speed to value and also launch new solutions, new campaigns, and new offerings for our customers. I can go on and on, but there are two, three examples which I thought would be very, very relevant here.
4: Yeah, to me, I think the uh, example that you just gave is actually quite thought-provoking because it's really what you're enabling is speed and agility in NPD. Absolutely. And you know, traditionally in our industry, it takes 18 months to be fair before the whole process works itself out. You've got uh, the actual consumer cohort-based feedback, uh, both qualitative and some quantitative, uh, and you use projection methodologies to uh be able to say where that's gonna go. But I gotta imagine that digital twin that you referred to cuts a good half of the process out on day one. Is Absolutely. that fair?
3: Absolutely, Shri And In fact, you know, the whole digital twin concept has been very prevalent in the manufacturing industry for a long time. The fact that you brought the digital concept and the CPG circle and you know took it across consumers, products, marketplace is you know very, very different, innovative and something that we take a lot of credit for, and Anil is probably one of the you know the the thoughts behind it or the minds behind it. So,
2: yeah, in fact, you know, and, one uh, thing I wanted to add on that is that today there is so much data that already is present with the CPG companies. You know, we tend to think that we don't have enough data. However, if you actually look, there is a lot of data, and by the way, data means information. A lot of information sitting in different parts of the company that. What Digital Twin basically does is it creates a digital version of the world that we live in. And once you have a digital version of your consumers, your products, and other things Rohit was talking about, you have a platform on which you can simulate what the real world will be when you take a decision. So on the new product case, you design the product on digitally, test it out, you f- figure out which customers are going to buy it, which consumers are going to buy it, how many times are they going to buy it, what can I change? and see the impact of that. And that's the power that we have in the CPG industry today. And I think that's what we've been able to leverage to these examples. And Rohit,
4: there was one more word you used in the neural networks. You know the rule here. You have to explain what that means.
3: Well, I would do injustice if I end up explaining. You know, I have the founder and the PhD sitting next to me. So I'll let Anil explain that.
4: Go for it, Anil.
2: Sure. So, you know, neural networks are actually one of the most uh, well-known uh, and one of the first AI technologies that were developed. So uh, so the whole idea behind neural networks is that since I am taking artificial intelligence to replicate how humans think, I know that humans have neurons that connect, that create and solve problems. Neural networks essentially take that uh, that concept and, imp- and apply that to computers. So what you're essentially creating is small little uh, uh, components or programs that are able to do s- certain problems uh, certain pieces very well. And then you create this whole network which connects and is able to solve very complex programming. So today when we use Google or any of the tools, uh, uh, if, uh, particularly around NLP and so on, that is where neural networks are behind the scenes doing all the heavy lifting of understanding what's being said, uh, what the data is saying and so on.
4: Great explanation. So Anilai, going to roll here to the next question. You know, obviously, we've talked a lot about data. The company name is Absolute Data. Uh, So why would one of your clients say, you're not the only one working in AI? What would they say is the reason and the biggest advantage for working with Absolute Data
2: versus others? So, so, you know, AI is, as we said, is a buzzword. Everybody talks about it. Uh, It's been around, uh, you know, for a while. However, we have done two, three things quite different from most of the company. The first is we started working in AI machine learning in 2014, by the way. Long before it became a buzzword, long before people started using And the reason we did that was because of the type of problem that we we're solving and the way that problem had to be solved. You could not solve it with the traditional methods. So we had to get into this area, that's first. The second thing is that we have been very focused on bridging a gap that the analytics industry has had forever, which is the gap between insight and action. You know, If you look at the traditional analytics and model, it's always been about, let's take data, pull insights, give it to a business team. They will know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. What we believe in and what we have changed is, bridge the gap between insight and action through analytics and technology. Don't provide a plethora of insights to the business team and then tell them, figure out what you want to do with it. Provide action-ready recommendations, which means that if I am somebody who's got to make pricing decisions, provide me a tool or a platform that provides the recommendation for what decision you should be taking. Of course, it has to provide me ability to change those recommendations and see what will happen in the marketplace. It has to have the ability to learn as the data is coming in. So all of those things. So that is the second piece, which is we don't believe that you should have large teams of data scientists running all these models and providing insights. We believe that you should be building platforms that provide action-ready recommendations to the actual front-end users. And the third piece is around scaling up, which is doing this in a fashion which can be easily scaled across people, across business units, across geographies, across different types of data, and across different use cases. And so these are the things that differentiate us from others, and this is where we believe we are way ahead of uh, what uh, other companies are doing in the market, and that's where we have been able to create large-scale board-level business impact at our
0: that's terrific, Anil. Rohit, I wanna now pivot to something that is probably the primary, I'm sure it's the primary focus of all your clients, which is growth. You know, in its current mature form, revenue growth management uh, is a discipline that's truly you know, five years old or so in our industry. So what specifically is the value that Absolute Data brings to a brain in this area? Now, how does it get implemented And what data sets does one work with uh, in this particular solution vertical? Sure. So I think, Peter,
3: five years is a long time, right? You know, we're still coming out of COVID and COVID has drastically changed, you know, consumer demand and how they look at promotions, how they look at, you know, uh, which, you know, content to consume, which channel to look at and whatnot, right? So even though the fundamentals of revenue growth are still the same, you know, CPG companies now need to kind of cater to this additional, you know, view and kind of prepare from an insightful and uh, you know uh, intuitive way to be ready for it, right? So, so at Absolute Data, our you know our approach for an effective revenue growth management is is a combination of bringing the right technology, the right data sets, and the right recommendations together, right? You know, as Anil had mentioned in the previous questions, it's not about you know the output you give out of that data it's how do you recommend you know what that data will lead to what decision right so we have built within our Navik AI platform you know use cases around revenue growth management it is NAVIC RGM and the value of that RGM is that it help- helps you enhance the value of the decisions across RGM from a pri- from a perspective of pricing you know the pack size the assortment the trade optimization the digital transformation you need to do the channels and whatnot, right? And and the beauty of you know uh, bringing in RGM is obviously it's AI led, so that is the approach we take. That it's artificial intelligence, it's data models built in, and we take it to the next level. The three distinct advantages of the info of the absolute data RGM view is it's integrated, all the data sources come together. You know it provides recommendations, right? Recommendations that you can act on. And the third is scalable, right? You can scale it across, you know, brands, categories, geos, and whatnot. So from our perspective in the CPG world, you know, rather than just doing it, you know, internally using the traditional method, it is all leveraging the, you know, Navic RGM AI tool that has a lot of these things already built in. You start adopting it and start doing it. And the beauty of this is a lot of these models are self-learning models, right? Once you adopt it, you know, it will kind of take in terms of how the customers are reacting to it, how the business is reacting to it. It will self-adjust, and then you just continue to you know make it better and better and better. And that's that's the value that we bring to to our customers in the CPG you know domain. I think you also had a question to me on the data sets, right? The data sets would be, you know, your sales data, the survey data, you know, the point of sale data, the marketing campaign data, your shopper and consumer data. Depends upon the objective, how you want to do it. But these are some key data metrics that we will bring together. And then you keep adding to it.
4: Rohit, from RGM, since we're right in the middle of brands and developing brand equity, I want to talk about brand health, which is one of your uh, toolkits and capabilities, because I believe you are actually measuring brand equity. And that's what brand health is. Fascinating space for me, personally, for Peter let's get a little bit into the secret sauce right measuring brand equity requires to be to do justice to brand equity you need lots of different diverse data sets cuz of course you know the old way of measuring brand equity was basically in, through nielsen's results the new way of measuring brand equity is you have social data you have digital habits so many other things so i'd love to dive into the secret sauce and then how you'll actually create models and how this comes together is it an index a score like what comes out of the tool let's let's really talk tool now
3: See, so i think you know this one i'll i'll start off but you know we at absolute data kind of have a you know outside in view right brand health is important right it provides a very historical view of you know what people are saying but it's very important in today's digital world what do you do with that data set to take it forward what are the decisions you really need to take it to the next level right so we look at brand health from that perspective right so you know in a traditional manner brand brand health is nothing you know it's the company's you know promise that they you know you know kind of make to the brand or to the consumer right you know the closer your consumer experience is to the brand promise you know the healthier the brand is right so that is you know, that is how we look at the overall, you know, the brand health, you know, overall objective, right? So I think from a matrix perspective, what you need to look at is, you know, there are four or five key, you know, parameters that you need to look at, right? First one is brand perception, right? What do consumers think about your brand, right? The second is the brand recall, right? How memorable your brand is in terms of from a brand recall perspective. The third one we look at is the brand attributes, right? You know, how do how do people interact with your brand you know you know is are they talking about it in social media are they doing other things and the last one is how do you you know do a brand purchase right where do you go how do you recommend all that so these are the four or five key parameters or matrix that we look at from a brand health perspective right and again you know the, the way you bring it all together from a measurement you have to first figure out what are the key objectives you want to achieve and pick the right you know criteria right whether it's ad concept testing whether it's the website matrix, whether it's the social media data, whether it's the brand loyalty, you bring it all together and decide for a particular brand, for a particular region, what you want to achieve and then drive into the, you know, the data and then start taking, okay, what are the decisions I want to take and take it to the next level. For a lot of our customers, we have created a consumer health brand index. You know, It kind of brings together consumers, uh, uh, I would say, you know, acceptability of the of the brand, right? They will talk about the favorability, their intent to buy that. And now if you combine that with the net promoter score that happens at the marketing level, that will give you a view of you know, where the consumers are thinking of your brand, where it's heading and what you need to do. You know, but that's that's the way we look at it. But more importantly, in, in our Navic platform, we built in a lot of these models. These models can easily plug into the data sources that can keep a trap on it. But the important part is what are the things you need to do on top of it to build in the recommendations and the next steps that will take the brand health, not from one to, to, a, to a much global and a scalable manner.
0: You know, Rohit, Sri and I have been talking about trying to find a solution to longitudinally measure brand health at scale. And it sounds like you've got something that I know from our perspective the industry desperately
3: needs so uh, you know our secret sources is Navik is a secret platform that has a lot of these use cases across the CPG
2: world that can you know, really get these things going Brilliant. yeah and you know right. if i could add one more thing peter to that which is that yeah. traditionally brand health brand equity measurements have all been about let's see how our brand is doing right so what we are bringing here is actually i don't care how the brand is doing it's happened. What we really want to focus on is what can you do to get your brand to do better. So the yeah. brand health data in the platform gets leveraged to recommend actions and areas where the company needs to focus on. You know, we have many clients who have a large number of brands, large number of geographies. So the whole sure. process of measurement and Uh, Finding out what's going on with the brand is automated. What the clients really care about is tell me where I need to pay attention. And those are usually areas where you're either doing very well or doing really badly. That's where AI machine learning comes in because it's able to pull that out, tell you why that is happening and what likely action will mitigate the risk as well as give you an opportunity to uh, take advantage of
4: I, I like that you're specifically referring to it'll tell you where the Opportunity is, but it'll also recommend an action that is connecting insight to outcomes. Exactly.
0: Right. So Neil, let me close out our questioning with one to you. I know that absolute data has recently become part of the InfoGain. I would love to understand the partnership where you fit into that and what you want the CPG industry to know about how you are. This is going to position InfoGain to really help them.
2: Yeah, you know, so I have uh, been part of the analytics industry and CPG industry for quite a while, over twenty years plus now. And uh, if many of us who are old timers like me would remember, CPG used to be the most advanced analytics industry in the world. We used to be right yep. at the cutting edge of it. Yep. However, over time, that advantage was gone. You know, when you start looking at which are the companies that are really doing well, they're all coming from the Valley, Google's and Amazon's of the world. So we saw that the real value from analytics will come when you combine analytics and technology together in a very close way, where technology is at the center and analytics is an enabler of getting those things done. So we repositioned absolute data in that manner and then we came across Infogain, which was essentially building these digital platforms that today's world needs. Whether it is interacting with consumers, or even interacting with employees within the organization, designing those platforms, building those platforms. And we, as the data and analytics part, are essentially providing that intelligence that these platforms need. So I am building, instead of just automating the current process, what you need is analytics and AI, which then, provides recommendations about what decisions to make. And this is where Infogain and Absolute Data come together very well. Infogain is a significantly larger uh, organization than us, but it brings that technology muscle that we as an analytics organization needed to create the large scale digital transformation that CPG companies are going through and need to go through in a very quick manner.
0: You know, Sri, what I heard was similar to what you heard on a previous question, which was, on the one hand, it digitizes a lot of the analog activities to provide efficiency at scale. But the real key is it leads you to outcomes that are better, that it directs you as to what needs to occur now that we have made more efficient the actual process. That's the real power in this.
4: Needless to say, Peter, you know, when you connect insights to outcomes, that's what the story is about. That's how you actually get results. And that's how you actually optimize as well in the process. But I want to recap a few things here. One, you know, we started this episode by talking about the core essence foundation of your platform is artificial intelligence. Rohit and Anil, you all decompose what that means for the CPG industry. We used a handful of examples uh, when we uh, earlier in the episode in terms of how that applies in everyday life for brands. But we've also ranged the spectrum of RGM. Yes, RGM, which is optimization and savings, all the way to brand health and equity and the fact that you're part of InfoGain. Net-net, my single biggest takeaway today, you know, working with you guys is all about scale, speed, automation, and uh, jumping to not just learning, but also getting recommendations what you do with when the learning comes in your hands. What do you think, Peter?
0: Uh, I would add to that, Sri, this is the path to scalable, sustained growth. This is what's going to make it happen.
4: With the digital shopper, Peter, would there be any other way, actually, uh, other than this way of scale?
0: I think this is the way you got to get it done.
4: So interesting to see absolute data. It'll be fun to follow and see absolute data's role in shaping some of these outcomes yeah. for CPG as well as for retail. But I want to remind our audience that, of course, you can find all our content. You know, we mention it week over week on the episode, cpgguys.com. Do follow us on LinkedIn. It's very straightforward. you have the blue search bar on top. You All you do is you enter CPG guys and you click the blue plus button and you become part of this growing family, which is over 6,000 followers entirely built organically. Rohit and Anil, I want to thank you both for appearing on this podcast and sharing what and who Absolute Data is and actually taking us on a nice magical journey of uh, taking us through what Absolute Data does. So thank you for that.
2: Well, thank you, Peter and Sri as well, giving us an opportunity to talk about things that we are so passionate about. So appreciate it very much. Thank you.
4: And Peter, week over week, really have a good time doing this with you. Thank you for joining me on the show.
0: Yeah, I, I, I always love working with you, Sri. And I think the conversation today was particularly valuable because it took what some people might perceive as being a complicated or even dry subject, uh, brought it to life in some clear examples that I think our audience should be very focused on as they think about taking their business to the next level. We have a transforming economy. We need to be able to leverage the technologies to grow our revenue and to guide our decisions. And what I hear from our friends at Absolute Data is they've built a, a suite of capabilities that can enable that at scale. And that's really powerful. So thank you, Sheree.
4: Well said, Peter, and folks, we will catch you soon on another episode of the CPG Guys. And a quick reminder as we do that, all details about Absolute Data, including where to find Rohit and the CPG practitioner lead that he mentioned can be found on the liner notes of this podcast, as well as on the LinkedIn post you'll see associated with the show. That's it, folks. Catch you soon on another episode of the CPG Guys.